This week on Grip and Grin. For hunters, the dark ages are upon us. The October lull makes for the common deer encounter few and far between. Cruising does and target bucks have now gone nocturnal. The team reports their most recent sits along with their strategies and observations from the saddle. In the darkness, we find the light on the sparkling waters where the action is hot. Autumn fly fishing truly is the silver lining during the October lull. Some exciting news for you uh, listeners out there. Uh, first of all, welcome to Grip and Grin, another episode for you. And uh, we got some exciting news, actually, some developing news. And uh, we have been trademarked so that we can start uh, pushing out some merchandise for you folks. So uh, we're going to be looking into uh, T-shirt designs and stickers, um, all kinds, of, dude, all kinds of stuff for you folks. So we're we're going to be diving into that. Um, but we were waiting on that trademark before we. Uh, put all our cards or all our eggs in a basket here, and uh, that's going to be pretty sweet. We've got some T-shirt designs that we're uh, thinking of, so hell yeah, but, uh, should be should be awesome. Yep. So two things: one, like and subscribe and share with your friends, like I always say, and uh, check out the Instagram. By now, you know we recorded the last podcast maybe ten minutes ago. <laughs> yep. But now you're listening to this, and maybe two days, three days later, but maybe, in theory, the the uh, the bucks you had on camera should be on Instagram. So check out the Instagram; that should be pretty yes, cool. Um, but the last podcast has some funky audio. You know, you discovered <laughs> you discovered that Fecto might have been a little staticky, and that was because his charger was on his uh, the your cable, right? My mic cord, your yeah, mic cord, the charger. So. You can pick up the friggin' electricity, which I did not know until now, and we are not going to re-record that whole friggin' episode. So we so. apologize. Uh, apologize, not in advance though. This is actually apologizing in the <laughs> in the past, but whatever. So, but anyway, but yeah, check we, out the old solution. Pod. It's been, yeah, it's been fixed. But uh, yeah, the pods, dude, it's been blowing up. It's yeah, awesome. And it's cool, you know. And we're just having fun Pretty with exciting. it. So. Do we want it? I mean, as we dive into this, I mean, we. I feel like we've. Nope. Discussed we're gonna. This. We're gonna. We're gonna discuss it and just. We're gonna recap it. You know, talk about. Right. We're gonna. We're gonna drown in our own tears. I think this is what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, just sulk like little toddlers and just hate <laughs> life and want to quit hunting because it's been. We alluded to it in the last one, but it's been fucking terrible i mean i've been going out quite a bit again i don't have good properties by any stretch of the imagination i have pretty doesn't make a difference <laughs> pretty dog awful <laughs> properties public land my one private spot i've seen a couple deer but whew, cameras are dead you know can i say something before we get too deep into this october lull we we, <laughs> we need to get we... into it though <laughs> Okay, quick shout out. You know the listeners out there. You oh, know I give fuck. Streeter. I forgot you about know I give, this. <laughs> you know I give Streeter shit all the time. My buddy Streeter. 
just got into hunting, just got into bow hunting. I mean, new to everything. The son of a bitch pulled it off on opening day. He had never even climbed a tree with his tree stand. Climbs a tree, literally shoots a little button buck. In the ass. In the ass. (laughs) (laughs) And I asked him, like, dude, why did you shoot it in the ass? It was like, what, 27 yards? And he's like, no, it's 17. Whatever, that's worse. Wasn't it, like, didn't it come closer or whatever? Okay, he shot once. And he missed. The deer ran off, came back. Literally, same deer. He watched it. The deer came back even closer. And at 12 yards or 17 yards, whatever it was, he shot. And he hit it. And it ran maybe 30 yards, died, called me up. And I was like, yeah, I'll be down to help you because he's never got a deer before. So I got to show him that, which was really cool. Um, But, uh, yeah, got his first deer ever. So props to him. You know, great job, Streeter. But you shot it in the ass. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, why'd you shoot? And he's like, well, you see, I, my, my sight fell apart, so I had to super glue it. Nice. I was like, what? I wouldn't even be hunting. <laughs> dude. <laughs> I feel like I'm not going to turn this into a street or roast right now. Props to him. He got his first year. There's meat in the freezer. Yeah, big accomplishment. <laughs> Great, you know, I'm happy for him. But <laughs> but in the ass. <laughs> you should see his mock scrape. <laughs> He's got a rope dangling from a tree and the rope is tied to a stick. And he literally like scrapes and pisses the ground. It's probably the size of a kitchen table. It's huge. And <laughs> the stick just dangles down from a rope and he's like, they lick the stick all the time. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. He is a hoot. Anywho, getting into the October lull here. (laughs) So congratulations, Streeter. But, I mean, until you shoot a bigger one, we're going to keep giving you crap because that thing weighed probably no more than a house dog. But anywho, (laughs) um, you know, we're seeing a lot of bucks coming into the the October lull here. We're seeing some little spike horns that are sparring off. Um, and we're starting to see a lot of bucks go nocturnal and traveling, you know, in the, the odd hours where you're like, man, I really can't shoot them during those times. Um, so I guess what's your strategy if you're in the October low and you're seeing these pictures, what, what do you do? Well, if they're coming to a scrape, yeah, I better have a fucking stand on it first of mm. all, but I'm not sitting in, you know, I'll freshen it up. I'll check the game camera bearing like not often you know just often enough not going in every day see what came through but you know once a week maybe maybe every a week and a half because you know in hunting season we don't have weeks and weeks to work with but yeah staying out of it you know freshen up the scrape don't spray estrus in it yet maybe dominant buck you know dominant buck scent that's what i I've tried it man i've tried it i Persistence? Do I keep going at it, or do you, what do you do? I don't know. Because I've I, been, I, uh, I used my own, you know, concoction of piss from my morning coffee, but um, buck, buck juice. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's, it, it does work, but we'll see if it works it, uh, later on. So, you know, I so ha- let me ask you this: with with the 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 buck sense, the grunting, the rattling, you know. Does it ever reach a point where you're doing too much? Uh, yeah, I would definitely think so. I've I come with a much more minimalist approach. 
See, that's what I'm leaning towards. Like, it, if you're going to throw out some grunts, don't have out estrus, in my opinion. Like, you want something to match what you're doing. Does that make sense? And now counter it. I don't counter Hit often, me. but... Because I've done both now. If, you, if you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna put estrus out and you have a attending grunt, that's pretty realistic. So I did like a, a burp, like almost like a buck going after a doe, like short burps, like it's running towards the doe. I did that. I also did a dominant buck with longer grunts, like a challenging type of uh, uh, sequence. Um, I the only thing I have not done is rattling. I have not done rattling yet. You know, I I was thinking about maybe doing some rattling it, i just don't really have the properties where i can smash them smash some antlers together so yeah I, if i'm doing it i'm around other hunters and they're gonna be like what the fuck is this fool doing but if i was on my own piece kind of similar to your situation i'd definitely consider it more but i still am interested to do it because i know there's a lot of like forkies around and I'm I'm still meat hunting right now, so yeah i I would say this as far as Mainers go, you know you have you have a residence day coming up Saturday, so you want to be mindful of that. You know, with the rattling, if you're a bow hunter coming into this weekend, you know these this lot this week is like if you're gonna rattle, now's the time to do it because otherwise Saturday you're gonna have everybody and their uncle out there in the woods. Orange Brigade, baby, coming in and they're invading. gonna and <laughs> Normandy and they're gonna be Oh dude, it's yeah, it's gonna be just a pumpkin fest. Like people are gonna be in the woods pushing these deer around and those deer, let me this is my mindset. Those deer are gonna be like, screw this. I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going through the thickest corridor that I can find. And that's so, where you wanna be. And that's where you want to be on opening day is those thick, nasty spots or maybe just outside of them because that's where if they get bumped or anything, deer aren't stupid. That's where they're going to go. I, um, and I don't want to get too far into that because we're going to talk about that on a future episode, you know, talking yes, about our sir. strategies more. But, you know, start to pull out your estrus, pull out your dominant yep. buck stuff, your, your rattling antlers and your grunt tubes and your doohickeys and your whatnots and get, get bells them, and whistles get them ready to go because you know seven days man like we're literally going to be in november yeah so we're going to dive into what's in our bag as far as uh scents go and um you had actually introduced uh this to me yeah what two years ago three years ago two or three years ago so i from a very young age of hunting you know, my stepdad got me into these uh, these candles, scented candle candles by Hot Trails, and they're just these little candles you put in a little like lantern, you could say, that blocks the light but lets air in. And they mm -hmm. have different scents. They could be corn, could be apples, they could be um, dominant buck, so like some sort of buck pea or buck uh, what a testosterone scent, and then you got yeah. doe estrus. So I've I've used those a lot, and I've, I've personally have had a ton of success on them, shooting mm. deer over you know the dominant buck, and over the mm -hmm. doe and heat, which is the estrus, works great. Highly recommend. You know we both use Tink spray, so yeah. that comes with doe pee, uh, buck urine, and doe estrus. 
And one things we do along with that is we do scent drags where you, you know, tie a little paracord to your boot and walk through and put a little either dopey, doestrous. I don't know if you ever do buck urine, but I haven't. And um, mm. maybe do a, a wick, a scent wick. But that pretty much covers our bases. I mean, you can dive into more of all of them, but, you know, there's some drawbacks and benefits to each one. Um, I'll yeah. go into that the candles, and then you can take it from there. But I love the candles. I'll get add to the candles. The candles, I love it because it's a constant stream of smell. It's not like a spray mm-hmm. where I put one puff out, and then it kind of gets on the leaves, and then, like, little little particles go away. This is a constant stream of, like, Hot dough estrus. And it's going. rolling out of this candle. Oh, yeah. So you're just getting, like, just, like, if you could have, like, put in infrared and just see it just going through the woods. It's like, all right, it's really getting out there, putting a strong scent out. But uh, it does go out kind of quickly for you. Uh, dude, <laughs> I literally sat for four hours the other day. And when I got to my candle after I got down my, my saddle and got down, I walk over to it. It's gone. Like, clean like burnt everything it's gone i was like dang so i've noticed in my region i don't know why oxygen levels i'm not sure they just burn out really quick so if i'm doing like an afternoon sit or like yeah morning sit if it goes out does it look like does it give like a smoky smell as it goes out i don't know maybe but i mean it definitely is potent it's strong it does a phenomenal job you don't it's kind of funny because when you're elevating a tree, you can see the light, but the deer can't see the light. Um, and I've had deer walk right up to it and smell it. Like, it happens. Um, last year when I shot Ace, uh, my number one target buck, I I had a candle out. And I'm pretty sure it was dominant buck that I had out too. So, you know, it definitely works. It does work. But what I've noticed is you need a lighter, obviously. If you forget a lighter, you're screwed. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's happened but uh it, yeah it tends to go out a little bit earlier for me um so if i'm doing a long ass sit i'll put out a wick versus the candle because it will stay up does it give a, a persistence um flow as far as scent goes eh, maybe not as good as the candle but it's better than better than nothing and so um so i saw this email that uh hot trail sent out you know like a promotional email and Sometimes I just scan through them just to see, like, whatever tidbits they have. One thing I noticed is we always used to – I used to put mine in the tree, and then I transitioned to putting the candle on the ground because I thought it would be more realistic. But reading the email, you they say you can use it either or because if you want to reload them, you can have them in the tree, and it works just as effectively. It doesn't blow over them, which Mm. I thought was interesting because we always were thinking getting on ground level – it doesn't really matter at that point because it's just a scent rolling through after reading it. So if you do get them. I tend those like low saplings, like the low uh, hemlock saplings. I usually like snap like a little branch. Like I already have a branch set and it kind of hides the candle a little bit too. Um, I don't have any branches directly on the candle, but um, it's nice because it kind of like camouflages that uh, that candle in the in the little hemlock tree. Yeah. But uh, let's get into strategies. Get into strategy. No, so well, as far you, as you get into this one, because I, I don't really do a scent drag. 
Let's but, go. So scent drags, I love the scent drag, uh, especially if you're crossing over multiple trails, which, you know, that's kind of like tiptoeing over those trails. But if you're crossing over those trails, a scent drag is, dude, like vital. You need that uh, drag in order to go over those um, over those trails. So I did a drag the other day, and then once I got to my my location, what I did is I took the wick off, and I freshened it up a little bit but I kept it about 20 yards from my tree stand, and I made sure that depending on which direction the wind's blowing, I'll have one 20 yards to my left, 20 yards to my right. So I'll usually put out two, so I'm surrounded by scent. Um, and uh, lo and behold, when that wind was blowing towards like um, towards like where I came from, uh, that's actually the direction that that little spike horn was shot on youth day. So... It definitely worked. I knew that that deer was coming towards me because it was getting that scent of estrus, but it just didn't make it to me. Um. <laughs> I will say, if you don't have a drag, which is easy to make, what I do, and it, I know it works because I've seen it happen, I spray my boots and I reapply. So, like, as mm -hmm. I'm getting in, spray. As I get to, like, the vital run, spray, go over yep. it. And I've had, you know... A giant buck last year followed right in, right where I walked, exactly verbatim where I stepped because I had estrus out, which was pretty cool. And make it, a, yeah, and make it as realistic as possible. Like I used to spray dopey in trees on my way in, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what are you doing? Like if it's on a fern or like a low bush, that's fine. But like, how do they care? I don't know. Do they realize like, oh, it's in a tree? How'd that dope piss in the tree? I don't know. But try and make it as realistic mm -hmm. as possible mm -hmm. simulate what those deer actually encounter on the daily so yeah um but you know another thing that we talked about in the previous pod was you know rattling antlers grunt tubes you were debating on bringing out your antlers to uh, smash together maybe a week ago dude my yeah i was thinking about buying some like uh mock antlers mm -hmm. uh for rattling because the ones that i have which might actually work well um to your advantage is like they're little like six pointer antlers like they're not huge but you can still get that sound effect of antlers clashing together it sounds like two little bucks going after each other now does that simulate to a bigger buck like hey what are they doing in my like my territory maybe um but i use them be just because they're smaller they're easier to work with they're not like huge and they're not like bulky and you you know, you're not throwing them over your shoulder. It's just you can put them in a pocket, basically. Yeah. Um, and I've rattled in some deer uh, with them before, but that was just only one time. It was in actually in a different spot. So, mm -hmm. another thing that I've been doing, and you, you know, we talked about it earlier, was uh, mock scrapes. You know, sign making's happening and freshening up our mock scrapes. You know, you know, using our own concoction of pee we store up or you know spraying in some scents even if it's dopey like you said in the previous pod like it doesn't matter just keep those fresh keep them coming back make them interested think about have them think another deer is coming through there have it be a bigger buck or a, a doe so dude you should have seen the deposit i made the other day in a mock scrape <laughs> <laughs> like standing water in this mock scrape i'm like well if that doesn't work then pfft. And I haven't checked the camera since, so I'm kind of like, what's going to happen? Like, And now we're getting three inches of rain. <laughs> I know. So it really didn't matter. It was more or less for those immediate, like, next two nights. Yeah. But um, I'd be interested to see, like, after, because, 
dude, I, I was sitting, and it was a morning sit, and I got down. I was like, I have to piss so bad. You're, like, racing to get your, like, camo off so you can take a leak, and it feels like you're going to piss your pants. <laughs> but um, I went right to that mock scrape, and I was like, here we go, and just made my deposit, and we'll see what happens. So, yeah. um, See what happens, you know. We'll see. But, you know, I wrote this down, but I kind of want to put a caveat to it. So I said for one of our strategies to play curveballs, and I more so mm. was meaning get ready to play your curveballs. Don't play them yet. Like, don't show your hand too quickly. Like, keep it in your holster and think about it and, you know, get it into the front of your brain. Like, okay, like, when am I going to implement, like, my secondary, my, my third spot, my fourth spot, whatever, like, these spots that you know that deer have patterned you and adjusted to your movement so you can capitalize and get a buck like ace right i prematurely like i want to throw the curveball earlier and i'm so glad i didn't i i sat in that location with a blind i did i did do that but i don't think it was like i don't think i spooked anything i don't think they were like what's going on in here like i I think, fortunately, I got out of there without them like realizing it. They probably were all over me, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't play those curveballs yet. W- hold on to that. You gotta wait. Mm-hmm. Wait till about the second week of November, maybe like towards the tail end of the first week yeah. of November, uh, to play that card. Just all you can do right now is prep, prep, prep. That's all you can do right now. So, speaking of prepping and the rainstorm we're having currently you got to be super mindful of the weather you got to be watching like a hawk earlier in the year we talked about being minutemen this is the time to be a minuteman like i can get out after work and get an hour in of good hunting it just rained all day that's what wednesday or thursday looks like for me so i'm gonna have my stuff ready to go get out there check your cameras not too often but often enough to know like recent until the last week you don't want to be setting a cold spot or be busting up a good curveball spot. Um, right. Even make adjustments. I've seen deer, you know, over the last couple of days. I've trimmed a couple of things where I could before the rain came in. You know, I've thought about, all right, tree locations in case, like, some stuff happens where I need to make these moves or, oh, I've, I should just pull this camera because it's cold. So look to make adjustments. It's never too late to make an adjustment unless you're doing something like you were about to do and totally blow out your entire property. <laughs> yeah. And that and that yep. goes into the next thing. Don't overcomplicate it. It's hunting. Mm-hmm. You just got you just got to get out there. Wasn't it you and I that were talking about this? Maybe it was my old <clears> mate. <throat> but like isn't it funny how people that like are usually inexperienced or new to hunting always shoot deer? because they usually do things that the common hunter overlooks or just like, oh, that won't happen. But like, but they just happens. have this, this <laughs> they have this like new idea or this like this outside view looking into it. And they're like, yeah, I'll just sit here. And the deer are caught off guard by that. Mm-hmm. And usually, usually new, new hunters usually capitalize on that opportunity. Yep. So that was kind of, that's kind of interesting. An observation that I've made like streeter, like dude, when I got to a spot and I saw like where he shot that deer, I'm like, wait, you shot a deer here? <laughs> He's like, yeah. It was standing right there. I was like, what the hell? It's just, it's a new, fresh set of eyes to, like, analyze a particular uh, particular spot. Yeah, so definitely different. 
Don't um, overcomplicate it. <laughs> don't overcomplicate it, and don't be afraid to try new things. You know, I'm definitely going to get some grunting in, maybe a little rattling in, but if you haven't done it, I mean, just watch a YouTube video and kind of go for it. It's like, what's it going to do? At the end of the day, like, yeah, we talked about in the last episode, do we grunt or... Was it or this episode or the last one? I don't know. They're all blended together at this point. But do you grunt to put a scent out? Who cares? Try it. Like maybe it works. Maybe it ha- helps the realism of the particular right. hunt. Like right, it, it doesn't hurt. But so I mean, we can skip over our from the saddle for this episode because yep. we just gave one and the last one. So. I think we can dive into uh, finally what we've been alluding to for now five weeks, <laughs> some fall fishing, which I've been doing a lot of. So bear with me with uh, all my fishing talk for the next however long. But, you know, I pulled out the fly rod again, came down here to Mass where I'm located, and it's been yep. hella fun. Right, if you can go check out the Instagram, you can see all the, the rainbows I've been catching, brown trout I caught. It's been fucking phenomenal. You know, it's it's been a deep learning curve. You know, one of the biggest things down here, there's a lot of tailwaters, so a lot of dams and reservoirs, and you're fishing below a dam, so you have, like, crystal clear water that's ice cold, and it's early September. Like, normally in, like, Year-round. Maine, it's going to be, like, the waters are super warm. You're going to get bass in there and whatnot. Like, these waters are literally ice cold to right. the point where I wouldn't want to, like, swim in them. You know, not all rivers, but a good portion of them are tailwaters. So fishing such clear water is just definitely different for me. Like for us, clear water is yeah, kind of clear, you know. It's not like crystal clear where this water, I literally take videos and I send them to you. Like, oh, there's a rainbow right like there. Like glacial water. Yeah. When you sent me that, I was like, yep. what? I'm like, dude. And I was like, catch it. You're like. So the the don't understand part took me two weeks to unlock. So one of the things was we used 5X Tippet. You know, we're going to dive into a little gear here, so bear with us if you don't fly fish. But 5X Tippet, the X just dictates, you know, the size of your Tippet and whatnot. But 5X is good for trout fishing in Maine, especially, like, they're not going to really see it strong enough. It's good. I, I was just throwing that on, going out there, and like, hell yeah, let's do it. But, you know, I talked right, to some right. locals, and they're like, oh, no, no, you need, like, 7, 8X t- tippet, and you got to put on, like, size 26 midges. And when you're talking about twenty size 26 hooks, I mean, they're tiny. Dude, that's tiny. That is tiny. tiny. So, you know, local knowledge, the people down here have been really nice. So went home, tied up a bunch of those, you know, tied up some uh, guide specials that that guy <laughs> – earlier in Maine told me about you know I tied up a bunch of those and head back out cut my first rainbow beginning of September it was just the tip of the iceberg from there yeah because that's like one of my goals I'm like dude I want to catch a rainbow like I want to get and you're like yeah I caught another one yeah I caught another you're sending me yeah pictures I just sent you like, random pictures not just like <laughs> not even dinkers dude like freaking like 20 inch 18 inch like rainbows. oh yeah like beautiful beautiful fish and i'm like dude and you're just like rubbing it in my face just like look at this look at this and i'm like i want to come down there and fish with you (laughs) so one of the big things i've been doing is you know i've been trying to go to a new river 
every time I go out. So every time, like, I'm driving down new roads, walking new places, and yes, that leads to a lot of, like, stretches of no fish. But I've learned, ultimately, so much where, you know, the past three weeks especially, I've been going out and catching, like, 10 to 12 rainbows a day. Yes, they do they stock these rainbows in the spring and fall, but the places I've been mm-hmm. fishing have been holdovers from the springtime, which has made it even cooler. So they're not just yeah. recently put in there and they don't know anything. Like These fish are actually surviving in the waters. They're capable of living in the water, and they're growing to good-sized fish, which makes it 10 times more fun. So a little side note. If you had to grade letter grade masses fisheries what would you give it so i'm going to give it i'm going to have to divide the grades because maine has an a plus native brook trout fishery but i would say the stocking program is okay i i question some of the places they put their trout in down here i would say the stocking program is dynamite but there's not a lot of opportunity for native fishing, if that makes sense. Like, if you go, and in Maine, you have all of Aroostook, Somerset, um, Moosehead region. In the northern yeah, like, zone, though. Northern zone. Like, all that. Well, southern zone? Not so much. You got even the eastern and west zones, like, have good brook trout streams. But here, yeah, there, there's just too many people. So, I, it wouldn't be fair to loop that in. But I would say Mass does a great job at stocking trout and putting them in logical locations right like the, do you guys have do you guys have milfoil in mass i would assume i haven't fished any ponds or lakes i've only done rivers so i have no idea i would assume mm. but there's definitely less lakes and mm. ponds as a whole yeah, that's true but yeah excuse me yeah the fishing has been mm. great you know dynamite fucking, fucking dynamite. i haven't even i posted maybe an eighth of the photos i've had I was gonna say a sixteen, maybe. Yeah, that's probably more right. Like I'm Dude, picking the cream, maybe of the a thirty crop. second. Like, I'm putting <laughs> just the tip of the iceberg, and I'm putting the best fish out there. You know, I haven't even been keeping most of them because I have plenty of brook trout from the spring. I have to get through. So, but you know, right. it's more or less for enjoyment. What's, what's great is, you know, I'm catching these on flies I've tied. You know, I'm catching them on yeah. my fly rod. And yeah. I'm finding these spots. You know, some people have pointed me in the right direction, but I found them on my own. You know, local people down here yeah. have been great, super nice, super friendly. Definitely have helped point me in the right direction. But as any wise angler knows, you don't really show your hand. So the fishing, com- the yeah, exactly. The fishing community down there is more welcoming than definitely, the hunting community. Definitely. Yeah. I would say the fishing community in Mass has welcomed me more than Maine. In mm. Maine, I feel like, you know, there's... Isn't that funny how that works? Because, like, hunting up here, it's just like, it. it's like, it is what it is. Like, it's hunting. Like, it's a way of mm-hmm. life. Like, we do that to put food in our, you know, on our tables and such. But, like, and then you talk fishing and people are all like, oh. I'm not giving you yeah. my, I'm not giving you my spot. I'm not gonna, you know, we hold those cards, and then down mass, it's like the opposite. Yep. Isn't that funny? But yeah, huh. so these fish, you know, they were picky. I learned how to catch them. It's been fun, but you know, I I came up last weekend, and we had a 
fun little adventure of her own. Dude, literally, I mean, woke up, no rush, just woke up, and you're like, you want to go fishing? I was like, hell yeah, dude. Like, what a line. Let's do this. I don't even care if we don't catch anything. Let's just make a day out of it. And... Gosh, we hit one spot that I kind of knew of because um, it was like we looked at the stocking report is what we did. And we kind of like try to focus our attention on stocking, fall stocking. And it's important that you check your laws and regs for fall fishing yeah, um, because each body of water holds a different regulation. So you want to make sure that you are able to fish that body of water. Um, so you're kind of limited. So you just want to double check those laws and regs before you before you hit any body water. Obviously, even if you're like if it's a spot that you're like I go here all the time in the springtime, you definitely want to check it in the fall for sure. Um, but we hit this uh, this one spot in Western Maine, and uh, beautiful water, beautiful day. I mean, you can't ask for anything better. Um, and I'm I'm fishing this rapid hard, dude. I'm like, there's definitely one in here. Like, no doubt it's the rapid that probably everybody fishes. And I look down, like, 50 yards downriver, and I see Andrew's rod just, like, bent over. You have no neck because you lost your gosh. (laughs) And you're, like, fighting this. I'm like, son of a bitch. I was like, what'd you get? What'd you get? Um, So... It was funny because, like, that morning when we planned to go out, like, I have my fishing stuff always in my car. And I'm assuming one time when I was hunting, like, I rearranged the stuff in my car and my net fell out. That's what I think. And I I haven't found it. And I would like to put out there that you'll notice, you know, my black net in some of the Instagrams now. You'll see a nice wooden net now because I got a new net. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, didn't have a net. Still able to pull in this little, uh, nice little brown trout, you know, 12 inches or so, stocky. But it was a gorgeous brown yeah. trout. I'm surprised you didn't post that. Yeah. Colors were yeah, beautiful. Colors were great. Definitely good photo. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we fished that spot for a little bit, and then we went to yeah, another we def- spot. We went, we went to another spot a little farther north. So we definitely hit this spot in the spring. Uh, as far as uh, the next place that we went to, and check once again, check the rosin uh, regs, and they did not stock in this area that we were going to. But I just knew that there was fish there. I just knew like it was a beautiful spot. Pull up, there's a crap ton of people there initially, and we're like crap, but they weren't fishing, so we were all about it. And yeah, just enjoyed our time. You know, pitch picturesque, like you were saying, like. This is probably the closest thing to Massachusetts. Like, it doesn't even compare, but it's, like, the closest thing to Massachusetts. And I was like, well, shit. Like, this is going to be the best opportunity that we have then. And I just remember we were sitting there, like, on the water, just, like, enjoying ourselves. Like, this is just – it. this is just awesome. Like, this is great. You know, great vibes. And we started to walk back to the car, and I'm like, no, dude. We fished this once. We did, we we, lo- we went goose egg on this river before. I was like, I'm not doing it again. I know there's a trout. I know there's gonna be something in here. And nymphing with the indicator and mending that line, it was like a textbook mend. And all of a sudden, that indica- indicator just bloop, went under. And I was like, Oh baby. 
Set the line. Uh, beautiful brookie. Oh, was it like a 12-inch brookie? Oh, yeah. Definitely a nice little one. Definitely stocks. Oh, no yeah. doubt. He, he His tail. Beat I the mean, fuck. that fuck. <laughs> dude. That, that brookie was a warrior. <laughs> Similar to the turkey that yep. you shot, right? That had the missing, like, toe. <laughs> this this brook trout You've was... seen some shit. <laughs> a warrior. I was like, Jesus. So, threw it back uh, because even myself, I have some... Uh, I have a few brook trout still in the freezer, so no need to keep it. I was like, yep, it was just fun. Thank you. Like, released it. Um, but, uh, no, it was a lot of fun. It was... It was rewarding. Uh, you know, I, I was persistent. I kept the fly rod out. I kept going with it. And uh, we did hit a third spot, right? Uh, I don't think. Yeah, we did. We'd... Yeah, we Which did. Which one, then? We crossed over the crossed over the bridge of the car. We didn't get out, though. Went down into. I didn't think we got out, did we? I didn't think we parked. Oh, we did. Because I, I went to a spinning rod, and you fly fish still. Oh yeah, I no, remember. It. We didn't catch shit. I had a, I had a couple hits. I'm trying to remember the. We town. weren't there long, dude. It was like north. We went like not north, but like through the town. Oh yes, yes, yes. I do remember now with the deep there water. It is. Yes, very yeah, yeah, deep yeah. water, very deep. But I had a couple of hits there with a spinner. But I mean, I didn't even was... fish. I don't even think. <laughs> Did I, I cast more than like five times? <laughs> You casted pretty. You casted a few times with uh, into that that deep pool, but other than that, it was yeah. Yeah. We I mean, we didn't fish there very long. We didn't fish it. We didn't grind out. We were just like, eh, we're happy. We're well, content. one thing I will say is, if you come down the mass, you can't bring a spinning rod. I dude, <laughs> game. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Now when can I come down? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm always like, so Maybe uh, you're like. You're like, yeah, well, well, yeah, soon, yeah, soon. I'm like, give me the yay and nay and pull out the couch. Let's make this happen. Yep. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fishing in the fall has been great. You know, got some good foliage, got some good fish picks going up. Dude, that's the first time I've fished in the yep. fall. Every day I've gone out and this October, it's like I've never caught a fish on October 14th. I've never caught a fish this late into the fall. <laughs> I just need to catch one in November and I think I will have con one in every month. What, uh, was it the the guide nymph that what, what uh, nymph did I catch that on? Oh, you caught that on the uh, uh, the prince nymph. Prince yeah, nymph. Prince nymph. See, I'm not good with yeah. flies, but you were like, that's a good one. And I, I stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a, fishing. a typical, like, pattern for year-round. So, yeah. It's got, like, the red in it, right? Yeah, it's br- mostly brown, little, red, like, hot spot and white wing casing. Yeah. So, that, I've been going with that. Found revenge. Yes, revenge. I've been going with the Hair's Ear Guide Special. It's been fucking killing it with it and it's nails i've seen the pictures so folks. check out the instagram on uh, tomorrow's hunt for you it's go time because you're getting into rifle Dude. season and it's also go time it's for scary. me because it's rut you know we're here november is six days away the super bowl <laughs> like the super bowl is here yeah like it it's it's on our doorstep. We just have to open the door, and yep. here it is. So on the next episode, 
we're going to dive a little bit deeper into, you know, the strategies for rut, you know, getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because we know we're going to be busy the next couple of weeks trying to get out in the woods. So very busy, you know, yes. I think we should have two, if not three episodes coming out this week, you know, yep. so hold on to your pants as always, folks. <laughs> Here we go. Get in the woods. Man. Get in the woods? Nah, get on the water. Get in the woods? <laughs> get on the nah. water. <laughs> you, <fucker. laughs> you bitch ass. <laughs>